Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. edition of the State of Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Nick Harris. We don't have Mike today because we are talking basketball, so we have someone better. We have Brandon Jenkins, 24-7 sports recruiting analyst here in the Texas area. He does a great job covering the entire country. Um, Excited to have Brandon on to talk about the Texas class today. Brandon, how's it going? It's going well, Nick. Happy to be a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. We can go ahead and dive right into it. Texas today signed two five-stars the first time they've done that since the class of 2016 when they signed Andrew Jones and Jared Allen. Uh, today they signed Arterio Morris and Dylan Mitchell. Arterio Morris, the five-star point guard from Dallas Kimball. Dylan Mitchell, the five-star small forward out of Montford Academy. Brandon, how do you kind of see this class? And obviously there were there were some ups and downs and getting to this point, uh, missing on a few targets, prioritizing others. But uh, they finished with these two after the early signing period. You know, overall, how do you feel about this class shaking out? I definitely feel it's a good class. Like you said, it it wasn't the class that Chris Beard and his staff had in mind, but uh, nevertheless, they were able to, you know, nab two top-tier prospects in Ontario Morris and Dylan Mitchell. Um, Morris, probably one of the more talented guard prospects in high school basketball, just a, just a raw talent with limp, burst, and pop to his game. Um, and then Dylan Mitchell, who fits the ideal, you know, Chris Beard type of wing and how he's long. He wants to get after it. He's athletic. He can guard. Um, I definitely think he'll fit right in with Chris Beard's no middle um, preaching just with his ability to move laterally and just be active on the defensive end. So they got two guys that are very talented um, that could uh, definitely help them moving forward if they're um, willing to buy in. And I definitely think that, you know, this ended up being a great class that, you know, ranks among the top 25 in the country. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, how do you see each of these guys, you know, college career shaking out? We could see Arterio being a one and done type guy, most likely. Um, What's your perspective on that? And then also Dylan Mitchell, how do you kind of see him shaking out? Absolutely. I think Arterio on his mind, uh, you know, I guess any other player of his caliber, I'm pretty sure that his mind is focused on the best way he can get to the league. And I know he sees Texas as a, you know, a solid opportunity uh, for him to do so. Um, I definitely think he's that type of talent. It just depends on, you know, if he's willing to buy into coaching and um, obviously his efficiency. You know, those are two uh, main things that, you know, have been kind of aspects in this game that he needs to work on. Um, But 
he's definitely talented enough to, to um, take on the challenge and make sure that it happens. Uh, for Dylan Mitchell, I, I definitely see him as a multi-year type of dude, maybe a two to three year type of dude. Um, you know, he already checked boxes, like I said, with his athleticism and defense. Now it's just working on his offensive repertoire um, and finding ways for it to buy, um, for it to fit in with Chris Beard's motion offense. Um, so, you know, definitely, like I said, two talented dudes um, who can, you know, if they take care of business, buy in and uh, are willing to, you know, be efficient basketball players for the betterment of the team, um, could have a chance to really um, give them a chance at, you know, making the league down the road. Yeah, for sure. Let's go back to Artario really quick. Um, yeah, I've seen him many times over the last couple of years. I'm sure you've seen him even more than I have over the last four years. How, do you, how, how have you seen his progression in the last eight to ten months specifically? Uh, like in this calendar year, he had a huge AAU season for Dallas Showtime, um, and it seems like every time we see him, he's just getting better and better. Um, and now, you know, he's a composite five-star, one of the best guards in the country. Um, so is his ceiling even higher? And how, how have you kind of liked his progression thus far? For sure. No, he's definitely progressed. Um, obviously, he's always had a natural ability to handle the ball, break down defenders and get wherever he wants to on the floor. Um, you can just tell, like, in certain instances, um, you know, when he's really wired and locked in, he knows how to pick his spots and he knows how to, you know, get to where he needs to get uh, get to just for the uh, purpose of winning. And that's one thing that I think he's definitely evolved in. He has been a winner. Last year, he led Kimball to a state championship appearance where they uh, lost to uh, the state title, state title champions, Beaumont United. Um, and then in Dallas Showtime, he's had a lot of success, you know, winning on the Under Armour Rise circuit. Um, but mainly uh, that's, I think his leadership qualities has been the, the top, the top area where he's really improved. But like for now, he needs to focus on, you know, getting better as a shooter, picking and choosing his spots on like where he's most efficient and also just, uh, you know, making sure that he, you know, keeps up and keeps building upon his leadership qualities um, just for the, just for the purpose of his career and how long he wants to take playing the game of basketball. Yeah, for sure. And then he's going to have G League opportunities after his senior season. Um, you know, the G League has already been attending some of his games, you know, early in his uh, senior season. And, you know, that's going to be a guy that they probably court here later on. Um, how do you see that process shaking out? Like you said, you know, Arterio is one of those guys that, you know, wants to have that, you know, best opportunity to get to the league, the G League would be a fantastic opportunity to do that because you're practically already in the league. So how do you see that process shaking out? And is that something Texas fans should be concerned about? Uh, yeah, it's definitely something that Texas fans should be concerned about. Um, just obviously, you know, with, with, like I said, his main goal of trying to get to the league and, you know, what it could do um, just to earn early financial opportunities and like, give him the opportunity just to work on his game full time. I think that's something that he will definitely entertain. And I think it's something that he's interested in. Um, like you said, Rod Strickland has been courtside in some of his recent games, games that he has been very productive. Um, as Eric Boss reported last week, was probably the top performer, performer at the scrimmage and was the best player on the floor um, within his two games there. Um, so, no, he's, he's definitely going to entertain the league. But for now, um, you know, Texas fans are, uh, or the coaching staff is a sigh of relief because he is signing his letter of intent today. And uh, for right now, he's a Texas Longhorn, but they still have to, you know, shop the job until, you know, June rolls around and it's time for him to report on. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, Dylan Mitchell, he, uh, he he's, hasn't been a guy that maybe has generated a lot of pro uh, interest to this point, but going to Montverde Academy, that's a place where, you know, professionals are, are built from. Um, could you see him having a big senior season at Montverde and then possibly professional opportunities coming his way? 
Uh, for sure, just because with those leagues, I definitely think that they look at the top tier prospects and how they can help them get better and help them achieve their goals. And I think Mitchell um, could emerge as one of those, you know, players that, you know, end up on their boards or their list of uh, people that they want to go see and check out on. Um, like I said, he he checks a lot of boxes with his positional size and him being long and him being able to guard. Um, so they definitely could see him as a as a prospect that they think that they can build upon with just countless hours in the gym and the opportunities that are granted by him, you know, going the professional route. Yeah, for sure. And then let's talk about the statewide 2022 class here in the state of Texas. Um, probably the strongest one in recent memory. I mean, aside from, you know, Arterio Morris, you have Casey Wallace. You could throw in Jordan Walsh and Vincent Iwachukwu, even though they transfer out of state. You know, those were Texas bred guys. Um and I, I'm blanking on a couple of others, but I mean, you can go down the list. It's really deep. Even if you look into the four stars, you have Ryan Agarwal, Terrence Arsenault, um, you know, a couple of other Noah Shelby that, you know, guys that have been really productive and guys that could be, you know, really solid contributors at the next level. How much fun have you had covering this class? And, you know, do you think this is the best in Texas history? Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best in Texas history, but I'll tell you, I've had a great time covering this class. I'm seeing them from, you know, freshman in 20. 18 to now about to graduate in 2022. I mean, I definitely, um, this class was all worth the hype and they had a lot of hype coming into their freshman seasons of high school basketball. Um, you know, definitely when you look at, you know, Keontae George, who's probably making a push for the number one spot in the country. Now that Shaden Sharp has reclashed, got Casey Wallace, a two-way, you know, alpha dog that recently committed to Kentucky. Um, and I definitely think that he'll find a way to get there, earn some early minutes and like leave his stamp. Um, on the 2022-2023 season. And then, like you mentioned, Terrence Arsenal, you know, a guy who's going to a, um, a Final Four caliber program in Houston, um, who's always established a culture of just winning. And uh, with Terrence Arsenal's background and being a state champion in junior year, and for him looking to go back-to-back with Beaumont United, I definitely think that, you know, the fit matches well with both sides. Um, so it's just a loaded class and, like, all out. I mean, you even got, you know, your, your three-star kids, your Sean Jones that's going to Texas State, Davion Sykes. I mean, this class is loaded from top to bottom, and I definitely think that there's abundance of prospects that can help, you know, Division One programs win, you know, at each level. For sure. And then 2022, it's not over yet. This is the early signing period. The uh, regular signing period will be in April. Um, you know, how do you kind of see Texas finishing up this class? Um, you know, two spots is definitely, you know, they're going to need to fill more than that, most likely, at the end of this year. How do you see that shaking out? Do you think they, you know, look towards some late eval guys in the 2022 class or do they kind of resort to the uh, success that they had in the portal last spring and try to recreate that next spring? For sure. You, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, you never know like what coaching changes are going to happen or what happens with team dynamics or whatnot. Um, so I feel like if a player that is in like big 12 caliber that can play at the big 12 level is open, I definitely think I could see Texas shooting that shot. Um, but you know, they've made a lot of, uh, they've had a lot of success in the transfer portal and I, I continue to see them, you know, doing that as next year goes around, especially if this 21 22 season, um, goes as well as it's hyped up to be, I can definitely see them resorting back to the transfer portal and getting experienced guys that they feel will, you know, buy into what Chris Beard is preaching, um, this year. Now, if Texas were to go to the 2022 class, you know, resort to some other options, are there any that kind of jump to mind immediately, whether they be in the state of Texas or just uh, countrywide? Uh, none, jump, none jump out immediately uh, just because, you know, at this state, you know, most of the 2022 recruits kind of have in mind the, the programs that they're considering. And, uh, you know, Texas hasn't really emerged as a, 
hasn't really came across targeting a lot of these like available 2022 prospects. So I wouldn't say uh, any are available right now for Texas to grab. I think that mainly the transfer portal will be, you know, the area that they resort to um, and the area that they've had previous success in, noting the fact that they brought in eight transfers this year, who's going to really, you know, help impact winning for the 21-22 season. Yeah, and like you said, this is going to depend a lot on, uh, you know, the season performance, how those certain seniors, um, you know, perform this season. If the team is as hyped up as they they should be, you know, that'll kind of help determine the numbers as, as time goes on and we get closer to April. Um, and that's kind of what I want to finish the show off with. You know, this Texas basketball team, you're very familiar with it. You're down in Austin. You're around it damn near every day. Um, the expectations are really high. Um, I think some, you know, have said maybe manage expectations, but Chris Beard is not shying away from those expectations. I, I think it's kind of like the, the football team going into the, the season, really unpredictable, but with a lot more optimism, I will say. Um, how do you kind of see this season shaking out for Texas and especially this Saturday against Gonzaga? How do you see that one shaking out? Absolutely. Uh, first, I guess, Tackling the Gonzaga game, I definitely think that that would be the wake-up call game, you know, the game that uh, the players see what they're really about and see, like, you know, okay, what we need to do to be able to win at a high level. Um, so, you know, I definitely see that going in Gonzaga's favor just because, um, you know, how new everything is for each and every single one of these players on the roster. Now, long-term, um, you know, as we head into the end of the season, more February, March, I definitely can I definitely wouldn't be surprised as we look up and we see that Texas at, is at the top of the Big 12 um, just because of the talented pieces that they have. And I think by then they have enough experience on that roster for them to be able to, you know, buy into each other's strengths and weaknesses and realize how to play for one another um, with the goal of winning, with the ultimate goal of winning. You know, all the players have said the right things in terms of, you know, we just want to win. Um, we've all had individual success, but we want to come together as a team for the um just for the success of the program and for the University of Texas. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. And, you know, it's going to be interesting just seeing, you know, how, you know, Marcus Carr in conference, you know, not used to taking as many shots as he had and he has to, you know, create for others. It's going to be interesting to see how Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones are able to, you know, buy into a new coach after, you know, mastering Chaka Smart system. Um, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of questions, but I definitely think that um, these players are, you know, first of all, talented enough, skilled enough, and mature enough to be able to know how to play for one another and play for each other and, um, you know, actually for it to come up successful in the win column. For sure, there's a ton of moving parts. Uh, and, uh, again, these, uh, like you said, these senior leaders that are coming in um, off the shock of smart system like Jace Feveris, Courtney Ramey, Andrew Jones, even Brock Cunningham, they're kind of having to relearn an entirely new system. But so far, it looks like the chemistry has been great off the court. We'll see as uh, if the chemistry, you know, kind of develops on the court as the season goes on. Just kind of like looking from last night's game, you know, early in the first half, what I saw, not a ton of chemistry, a little bit of sloppiness. But, you know, as the game went on, obviously, they got a lot more uh, more better from uh, the floor. Uh, their defensive pressure really stepped up. Um, I, I'm really liking the uh, the guards lateral movement uh, up top. You know, Ramey looks even better defensively this year which is really encouraging Marcus Carr uh, obviously going to be one of the more lockdown defenders in the entire Big 12 and then once Dylan Dishu comes back you know how the the uh, post defense gets a little bit better I'm very encouraged to see how that is but it looks like you know around conference time is when this uh, when this team is going to be at full strength would you agree uh, absolutely and I definitely think that um, you know the conference is wide open for them to make some noise so I uh, in their best bet, in their best interest, they really need to take advantage of this non-conference season and just learn how to pick, um, you know, 
kind of learn for each other to play through their their personnel, I guess, um, for the better words of saying. Courtney Ramey has improved over the summer, you know, Marcus Carr. Um, one thing that can't go overlooked is that he did average four assists when he was at Minnesota. Um, the staff is really high on Dylan Dissu coming back with his ability to, to shoot at six foot nine, pushing six foot nine and a half. So, I mean, there's just a lot of room um, for growth, but there's also an opportunity to take advantage uh, of a chance to win a Big 12 regular season title. And I think that, you know, they have all the pieces to do so. This will take a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of perseverance. For sure. Then I'm going to put you on the spot here, Brandon. Give me an official prediction for this season. How far do you see this Texas team making it? Definitely see them winning the Big 12 regular season championship. Strong opportunity to do so. Um, as far as as far as it goes in CAA tournament-wise, I would like to say that this is a an Elite Eight bunch. I would like to give them an Elite Eight chance. You know, I, I'm very optimistic that these players are mature enough to, uh, you know, to buy into each other and play for one another. And I think if they do that, combined with Chris Beard and how he preaches grit and toughness, you know, I think that they can go far. So... All right, man. I, I always say the, uh, the our basketball reporters here at 24-7 Sports, they're some of the hardest working and most talented individuals on our network. You are surely one of them, Brandon. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll have to do this more uh, as more basketball stuff happens throughout the season. And, you know, whenever we get bored, maybe just hop on and record a basketball podcast. Uh, we always have the opportunity to do that. But uh, I appreciate you, Brandon, and uh, hope, to, hope to have you on again here soon. Appreciate you too, Nikki. Take care. Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 